0: The Ain't No Fang Podcast
1: from Arizona Sports. Ain't no fang.
0: Well, they may be nowhere near first place, but it doesn't mean that there aren't things to talk about with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Welcome back to the Ain't No Fang Podcast, Steve Zinsmeister, Cody Fincher, with me as well. Uh, I'm going to start bear with an interesting tweet that I was reading just yesterday, and then you can share your insights into this. Reading from Bally Sports, Jody Jackson, her Twitter account. Tori Lavello just announced that Madison Bumgarner will be skipped this time through the rotation. He'll be working with Brent Strom to tweak some things and will return during the Phillies series. So, I guess the question that comes from that is, what the hell is going on with Madison Bumgarner
1: <laughs> and why are we skipping his turn in the rotation? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's weird that you're in August, almost September now, and you're, um, your veteran pitcher on that staff who, I mean, Madison Bumgarner's, you know, he's not new to this and he's making tweaks to his pitching in September. It, it, you know, it's kind of weird. He's been, he's been pretty bad um, for a while now. Let me, I'm going to pull up some of his stats, but I mean, yeah, Jody Jackson reported that yesterday. Um, it's not like exclude, like Tory Lavella was speaking to the media when he said that, Um, because Chris Gargiola, the one of the D backs radio play by play guys, um, he added that Tory said that it's performance based. Um, so and I believe it. I mean, (laughs) in his last seven games, listen to this in his last seven games, Madison Bumgarner, he's one in five, a 6.48 ERA, a 1.61 whip he 31 strikeouts 14 walks 53 hits in 41 and two thirds innings Mm -hmm. in his last seven games yeah it's it's something's not working here (laughs) something's not working I mean I mean Bumgarner I feel like was off to a decent start he wasn't getting into deep into games uh because you know he doesn't have the swing and miss stuff anymore and you know his um early on in games he was throwing too many pitches so he wasn't going deep but like the era was manageable it was under four but now it's ballooned to 4.53 uh he's six and 13 steve he says 13 losses on the year he's a 1.43 whip something's not working um i don't know what it is i don't know what they'll tweak um recently i noticed he switched uh sides uh, of the rubber that he stands on, on the mound. He used to pitch from the first base side of the rubber, and now he's on the, the third base side of the rubber. I don't know if maybe they go back to the first base side. I don't know. Um, I doubt I doubt they're going to make a lot of changes to his delivery or whatnot, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they do. <laughs> Who knows? But it's just weird that you're at this point in the season. It's August today. What, what, is, what is today? The 25th. Today, is the oh, Augia yeah, August 25th Thursday August 25th and you you're you, the pitcher with the most experience and the the highest pedigree probably I guess you would say on your rotation is making tweaks it's just weird to me
0: well, that's something that you don't see from that guy. That's something that you might see from, like, we've seen that with Luke Weaver before, I think, where they've skipped opportunities in the rotation because he just needed to figure some stuff out. Or an unestablished, like, young pitcher, you might skip Corbin Martin, you might skip Tyler Gilbert, you might skip, even, even a guy like Merrill Kelly, who, Yeah, he's over 30, but he's not exactly been in the league a long, long time and certainly Mm -hmm. hasn't been a World Series champ like Madison Bumgarner. Like, you're right. This isn't something that happens with guys like Mad Bum. This is something that happens with rookies or guys who are still trying to pave their path in the major leagues. And for that reason, it worries me a little bit. Now, it's not like we didn't know that Madison Baumgartner was struggling. It's not like we didn't know that something was off. Now I'm just left wondering, what is it? And what is that small tweak that Brent Strom is going to help him try to try to resolve this issue? And how what does it look like on the field? Because while Madison Baumgartner has been pretty bad for the last month or so... He was actually pretty good in the first half of the season. maybe good's the wrong word. He's been solid. I wouldn't say that it's been a like a bad all around bad year for Madison Bumgarner. It's just recency bias. It's looked pretty ugly. So I'm hoping he figures it out especially because I don't know what his long term projection is with the Diamondbacks. Obviously he's under contract for a few more years and he's one of the highest paid players on the team. In fact, he is the highest paid player on the team by a long shot in the next $23 couple of seasons. $3 million
1: dollars next yeah. year. Yeah.
0: You got to figure it out with Madison Bumgarner. You can't just let him fade to black and and pay him out like you did with Yasmani Tomas. It's just not the
1: same thing. Yeah, the one thing I, I I don't think we'll see happen. I don't think we'll we'll see you know Tori Lovello make the decision that Madison Bumgarner is now shifting to the bullpen or whatever. He's no. going to be a starting pitcher. That's they're not going to do that to him. Um, and honestly, I'm surprised that. He, that Tori even said it this way that it was per- that the skip in the rotation was performance based and all that stuff. That because Tori's usually been, you know, he- he's you know, I-, I don't know what the right word is, but like, lo- he's pre- pretty loyal to his guys and not saying those types of things. And even if it was the case, but and we really haven't heard much about this with Mad Bun specifically either since he's been here. Um, you know he's you know been the opening day starter a couple times and all that nonsense so but it's kind of surprising that Tory came out and s- said it that way it's it's performance based and I mean it's hard to argue I guess Madison Bumgarner after his last start told the media that he's the weak link right now in the rotation um <laughs> that's not good to hear <laughs> he, no, but at least it's honest good. I mean sure he could he have gone out there and been like
0: I'm totally fine, and the team yeah. really isn't picking it up when I'm on the mound. I mean, th- he wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying, like, that's what somebody could have said. Instead, he took ownership and accountability for
1: his own actions and his own performance or lack thereof. Sure. But, you know, especially, but if you want to, there's no argument to be made for Mad Bum with Tori skipping in the rotation. If they're you're like, hey, you just said you're the weak link. What do you want me to do? You know, but it, it's crazy that he he's that guy when you have, you know, You have a rookie in your rotation and Tommy Henry right now who's pitching pretty well. And then you have Zach Davies, who I mean, he's not been horrible. He's been he's been like, like you said, he's been serviceable. Um, His ERA is under four right now, so that's pretty good. Um, But I mean, he doesn't really do it for me. I'd like to see other guys probably get some starts in that rotation as of right now where we're at in the season, but I mean, yeah, mad bum. It's just, it's not been good, man. I mean, his last seven starts is 6.4 ERA. Like something's not right. He's getting hit around. Um, he 30 earned runs in his last 41 and two thirds innings pitched. Yikes. 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 So I, I don't know what, I don't I have no idea what the tweak tweaks will be that Brent Strom is going to make with bum but, Hopefully it works.
0: Yeah, and as an organization, you're kind of at this crossroads right now where so many young players are coming up, especially in the positions uh, on the field. Like, you've got so many young outfielders, you've got a couple of really young infielders, and now it's the pitching is the next question because you're going to have... I mean, I, I hate to beat the prospect drum every week. I'm sure people are tired of it, but Brandon fought looks incredibly good in the minors. Blake Walston has had some really good starts lately. Slade Ciccone, Bryce Jarvis, uh, you've got a bunch of dudes who are in the upper minors who at some point are going to get opportunities. Plus, you still have guys who are kind of tweeners like Corbin Martin, mm-hmm. um, who still deserves opportunities. Dre Jamison is coming along. So at, you're at this crossroads where it, the team, the young guys are starting to come up and perform. So you have to look at your veterans and say, OK, they're here and they're playing well. Where are you at? And if you're not bringing at least veteran level performance, then you're not a part of the long term future. I mean, look at the decision that they had to make at the trade deadline with David Peralta. It's not that David Peralta was bad or that he was detracting from anything. It's just they had younger guys who were going to contribute more than David Peralta. And they had to look at their longest tenured player and say, you know what? That doesn't really carry as much value for us anymore as it does with these young guys. And I'm not saying Madison Bumgarner is going to be supplanted by Drake Jameson or Blake Walston or somebody. One of them is going to outplay him and work their way into the rotation. But when there's a bunch of young uh, youth injected into your team, you need to look at your veteran leadership, especially a guy you're paying 23 million a year to and say, hey, where are you at right now? Why? Why is your ERA in the sevens in the last five starts? That doesn't make sense. And if you're not bringing it to the ballpark, I don't know what your long term future looks like.
1: Yeah, I mean, they have what two years left on Baumgartner's contract. He, I think, he's twenty three million dollars next year, and then I think fourteen million after that. I mean, it actually goes I, down. Yeah, I believe so. so I he's mean, got such true. a
0: weird pay structure. I,
1: it was because remember how it started. It was like his first year was he was only making seven million. Remember that? So I think it was made, like six. But yeah, it was because they were, they trying, were trying to load win. up and and yeah and win that year. And I mean, COVID happened and it screwed everything up. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it, that's good news for the D back. Like you're gonna have you you have to bring him back next year. You have to figure it out next year, um, this year and next year because I mean, twenty three million dollars you can't just eat that, um. I mean, this isn't the angels with Justin Upton, you know what I mean? Like he, where they just, you know what? Screw it. We're cutting you. We'll just eat all your money because the angels make really bad decisions all the time. Speaking of that, they they might be selling their team soon. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, next year, I mean, you kind of have to ride with Mad Bum and hopefully he figures it out and pitches well next year. Um, Is but he the, the third guy that, in the rotation now? Uh, yeah, he is. Because I think and of
0: Zach Gallon as the most talented. Merrill Kelly has outperformed Madison Bumgarner over the last couple of seasons.
1: Zach Gallen is on a twenty seven and a third scoreless streak right now. <laughs> um he's been outstanding. By the way, it, last night was just was so depressing. He leaves with a one-nothing lead in the sixth inning. Uh gets through six shutout innings and then the bullpen completely blows. It gives up five runs in the seventh inning. Um But yeah, Merrill Kelly's been solid. Like he's been super dependable. He's been great this year. Um, Yeah, so Mad Bum's probably your three. And honestly, if if they're trying to win games next year, like maybe try to get into a playoff spot, I don't think Madison Bumgarner can even be your three. I think he needs to be your four. And that's sad to say for a guy who's making $23 million next year, and you're, it will probably be your highest paid player barring any unforeseen free agent signings or whatnot. He's going to be your highest paid player and he's going to be, you know, the ideal situation, at least in my opinion, is that he's your fourth starter. That's that's, that just shows the mismanagement of the money that was there when they signed him. But um Yeah, I mean, Tommy Henry, I think Tommy Henry has a shot to be in this rotation next year, too. uh, If he keeps pitching the way he's been pitching, Um, he's only had one really bad start. And it was his first start in the majors because he was, you know, you could tell he was pretty nervous and whatnot. But um, he's been solid since then. Uh, He faced a good Cardinals lineup uh, this past weekend, and he pitched pretty well. Um, didn't get the win, but he he struck out a lot of guys, and you know he didn't give up a, lot, a ton of runs, so he he was pretty good. Um, and I don't know what the future is of Zach Davies here. I tend to believe he won't be back next year, but if they need someone to fill the fifth spot in the rotation, they might bring him back. He'd probably be a cheap option at this point, and it depends on really like who who else is out there that they might bring in or what young guys might make that leap maybe in spring training or something but for me if they're trying to win games next year I don't think Madison Bumgarner can be in your top top three in your rotation I just if he's the fourth I think that's a little bit better but they need to he needs to pitch well no matter where he is in the rotation next year if they want to make any sort of playoff run because I mean he's going to be depended on um, no matter what and for 23 million dollars he's just not You can't you can't put him in the bullpen. I mean, it sucks to say like the whole reasoning is that, hey, he makes money, so he needs to be in the rotation, you know, but that's kind of what it is. He's he's Madison Bumgarner still the name values still there. The he makes he makes the most money on your team. I don't think you can just have him in the bullpen and you certainly can't have him in the minor leagues. Um, so he's going to have to figure it out and he's going to have to pitch well next year. And in 2024, I mean, if he doesn't pitch well in 2023, maybe that's where you they start having the conversations of just releasing him and eating the 14 million dollars. So because I don't think any if he pitches bad next year, I don't think anyone's going to trade for him. With $14 million, unless they get like nothing back, like kind of, you know, maybe one player or some cash or something. I don't know. But I mean, that's where if he pitches bad in 2023, in 2024, that's when you start, they start having the conversations of maybe they should just, you know, cut bait. If those conversations haven't started already.
0: Maybe. Quite I don't frankly, know. I mean, we just got past a trade deadline. I don't know what those discussions might have been. Let me read a headline to you. This was a press release from the Diamondbacks that I got in my inbox yesterday. It starts off as D-backs announce exciting 2023 schedule. <laughs> uh, not so sure they're excited about the first month of this oh, schedule. Boy.
1: Yeah, that's April again. Again, April is tough for the Diamondbacks. I mean, they they start off the year with a four game a four game series in LA to play the Dodgers, a two game series in San Diego to play the Padres, and then they play the Dodgers at home again for oh. four games. <laughs> what, what? And then I mean and then they play the Brewers who are no pushovers. The Brew the Brewers are, t- are a talented team. Right. Then they go to Miami to play the Marlins for three. Then they go to St. Louis to play the Cardinals who are good. <laughs> And then after they come home from St. Louis, they're playing the Padres for four games. And they finish out April with three against the Royals and three against the Rockies.
0: Yeah, I mean, realistically, in April, there's only Man. three series where you say like, OK, the Diamondbacks will probably have a chance to win that series. That's Miami, Kansas City and Colorado. But none of I mean, they're all kind of either middle or back of the month of April. I mean, you there's a good chance. I mean, I'm not gonna say good chance. There's a chance that the Diamondbacks fall pretty far out of contention in the first two weeks of the season and that's really sad to say now that could completely go the other way they could win three out of four against the dodgers then then take another two or three in the next series against the Dodgers. i mean who knows it's all on paper right but looking at that Mm -hmm. first month that is pretty brutal i mean i'm looking at the month of may texas washington miami Tell me you're afraid of any of those teams. I'm not not at all. Uh, Oakland, Oakland. Pittsburgh, Colorado.
1: They're all in that month of May. That's a good, good month. Even, even, even Boston right now, Boston's a last place team this year. I mean, you can't tell what they're going to be next year. They might start off super hot. Who knows? But I mean, I'm not afraid of the Red Sox (laughs) right now. Um, Certainly I mean, the Phillies. Yeah. The Phillies are pretty good, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, May is much better than April for sure. I mean, it last place team, last place team, last place team right now.
0: And sometimes last what you need team. to look at too is the end of the schedule because I mean, if this is going to be a team that's contending for one of those wild card spots, then let's look at September. Sure. In September, you have Baltimore, which I normally would say is pretty good matchup for the they Diamondbacks might be good next year. But they might They're be good, good yeah. Uh, Baltimore, Colorado, Chicago Cubs. I like those two series. New York Mets, Uh yeah. back to the Cubs again. San Francisco, San Francisco, New York Yankees, don't love that. Chicago yeah. White Sox, don't really love that, although there's a lot of question marks
1: about them. And then Houston to end the year. That's a tough month, too. Yeah, I mean, the two New York teams, uh, the Mets and the Yankees, I mean, those are two, and they're both on the road. Ugh, both on um, the road they're also not back to back so they're not just in new york for a week they go to the mets for four games uh september 11th through the uh 14th. 14th and then they come home for 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 uh for five games and then they have to go back to new york to play the yankees for three games on the 20 on the 22nd it's like that's, that's a lot of traveling uh you know west coast to east coast there it's a lot of plane time but yeah, that month is going to be difficult, um, especially if Baltimore keeps up what they're doing this year. Um, they might be a good team. And I mean, you have to finish the year with Houston. Houston's always good, no matter what they do. Right. I mean, no matter who they lose. I mean, I mean, Justin Verlander is one of the best pitchers in the major leagues right now. I <laughs> And their offense is always pretty good. I mean, with Kyle Tucker, Bregman, Altuve still hitting, so that's always going to be a tough one. I just up there. read today something about
0: I think it was Framber Valdez. I was looking him up yesterday. I was like, oh, how are the Astros pitchers doing? And it's like, oh my God, they are crazy. Not only is Justin Verlander having perhaps the best season of his entire career at age like forty or whatever. Uh Framber Valdez has twenty one straight quality starts.
1: Really? 21 straight. Wow. Is that not insane? That's cr- that's okay, sorry. 20 straight. 21. 21 straight quality starts. That's impressive. MLB that's... network
0: tweeted that out 3 hours ago. So, I'm I'm quoting
1: them on it. Framber Valdez 21 straight quality starts. Wow. I mean and, and I mean Luis Garcia is you know, it's funny about him is he's the one that's been struggling lately, and he's probably their best, the most talented pitcher, I'd say. And Christian uh, Javier's really good. Yeah, and he was in the bullpen to start this year. They're they're they nuts. The they're nuts, also, dude. Also, what's his name? Uh, Jose Urquidy. He's been pretty dang good recently, too. He's got a 3.63 ERA. He's 12 and 4. He's won 12 games. Framber that- Valdez last
0: night, by the way, seven innings, two hits, one run eight strikeouts. He's crazy. This Houston team, it's what's hilarious to me is like, we remember their championship run, right? Like there's Garrett Coles on the team. Charlie Morton's really good. Verlander's still there. Uh, They lost Cole. They lost Morton. They lost Granke. Like you lose those three guys. Any organization would be devastated.
1: Nope. Not the Astros. They just found new guys. Garcia, Javier, Valdez, and Urquidy are all homegrown guys. That's along crazy. with Verlander, that's insane. So, like they they know how to develop talent, man. I'll tell you that. Uh, all pretty much, you know, all those guys. We'll t- we, you can talk about a 2017 all you want with the trash cans and the cheating, but sure. I mean, all of their guys are homegrown. Bregman, it's been Correa, five years now, by the Akube. way.
0: I'm not yeah. saying we should stop talking about it, but because we've learned a lot in the last year or two about what happened way back when. Um, right. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Or we should stop talking about it, but it's been five years. So like, there's a lot of guys in that organization now who like, you can't blame them for that. You can't Al- blame.
1: Altuve is, getting, Altuve is still getting booed out of the building yeah. every time. So they they they're playing in a, a road stadium and
0: knowing what we know, he probably should him Bregman. But other than that, like most of those guys are different. I mean, I don't think Kyle yeah. Tucker was up at that time, or if he was, he wasn't playing much.
1: Jordan I mean, Alvarez, I mean, same Gurriel thing. Gurriel is still there, but I mean, if I remember right, Gurriel, Gurriel has not been very good though. No, he, he won the batting title last year, and he's been horrible this year. Yeah,
0: very interesting. Um, The last thing I wanted to bring up today, I know we've been hammering home some prospect news. This is one you need to know. Jordan Lawler was the first round pick for the Diamondbacks last year. Uh, He was picked, I think, fifth. Or sixth, Somewhere in that range. Something like that. But he was widely considered the best prospect in the draft. And we've talked about it a lot, you know, that the best player doesn't always go number one in baseball drafts. But the Diamondbacks landed Jordan Lawler, shortstop, super athletic, very big. He's got pop. He's got a lot of good things going for him. Uh, he missed all pretty much all of last year with a shoulder injury, much like most of their prospects do. Um, and <laughs> crazy to think... Here. Crazy to think that he was drafted last year. He's only about a year and a couple months into his career and he just got promoted to Double-A. So uh, if you want to follow the timeline that they used with Corbin Carroll, who might be up in the majors, reportedly will be up in the majors in September at the at the yeah. latest, Jordan Lawler might be a call-up at the end of next season. That's possible,
1: right? If you're following corbin Carroll's timeline then i think so i think you're right and, and that would be super exciting because i mean there's been a couple instances with jordan lawler like you mentioned the shoulder surgery and then he had that thing in his ribs that uh was it a, a blood clot or i can't remember what it was um do you remember what it was with his ribs earlier no
0: i i was trying to remember that myself
1: and i'll, I'll look it I, I, up I, yeah, I can't remember what exactly the injury was, but he's back now. I mean, he and he I mean, listen to these stats. I know I know it's single A mostly. He's only been in double A for a couple days now. But listen to these stats this year, Steve. He's hitting 329. 12 homers, 51 RBIs, 37 stolen bases. Ooh. <laughs> a, a nine, a nine, seven, three OPS. He is kicking the crap out of the ball, man. Who is the major league comp to Jordan Lawler? Ooh, like who's a really
0: good base stealer, solid defender? Maybe to a- make
1: me say it, fifteen to twenty homers a year. You're gonna make me say it. Oh no, I think I know what you're gonna say. I mean, if you're looking at these numbers right here, yeah, based on a major league comp, Trey Turner. Oh, okay. What that's not the name I was. I, was I thought you were gonna, you say, gonna
0: say. I thought you were gonna say Dansby Swanson, somebody who Uh-oh. was a number one pick
1: that's, for the Diamondbacks and a, got that's traded. Not bad. But I don't know if Dansby Swanson is the big base stealer. No, I don't he doesn't know have that. that. No. But I was. I'm. I mean, I'm looking at these stolen, 37 stolen bases in 2022 in the minor leagues. 329, 12 homers, 51 RBIs. I mean, to me, I mean, if <laughs> that's Trey Turner to me, I mean, he does Trey Turner doesn't hit 30 30 home runs a year. He hits like like you said, 15 to 20. Um, he's got... Uh, I think he has a lot more RBIs this year because he's on the Dodgers and everyone on that team is good and always on base. True. Uh, but he's hitting for a ridiculous average. He's got a good amount of RBIs. And the stolen bases, man, 37 for Jordan Lawler? He'd have more crap. if he didn't miss time with the ribs. Yeah. By the way, it was a uh, <laughs> bone growth. Bone growth. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he... Let's look and see how what he's done so far in... in... He's only been up for a few days. Amarillo. Right? He's been up for two games in Amarillo. I know he's got a couple of hits is, though, because I've seen the highlights. He's, <laughs> he's three for nine. He's three for nine. That's insane. Uh let's see here. He's so good. He's so great Three for nine. I mean, he's got um a walk. He struck out twice. He hasn't really done much other he's only played two games. He doesn't have any homers or RBIs so, just yet. But.
0: The Corbin Carroll timeline this year. Because he was in a similar situation, right? He got drafted yeah. maybe even the year before, or was it 2019? I think it was 19. Um... And Corbin Carroll missed all of 2020 because of the COVID thing, and then he misses a season due to the shoulder injury. From he literally hurt his shoulder hitting a home run. Right, imagine that. And now he's come back, and he is now widely considered a top three prospect. I think the MLB Pipeline has him at number three in all of the major leagues.
1: He's the Most top. Other places have him as the top
0: prospect, right? Too. He's the top outfield prospect in all of baseball. Because I think the other two consensus top two guys are uh, Francisco Alvarez, who's a catcher in the Mets system, yeah. and then yep. Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson for the Orioles, and they're a pitcher and an infielder, respectively. But Jordan Lawler might work his way into that Gunnar Henderson category, where he is widely considered the best shortstop in the minor leagues. And if they follow the Corbin Carroll blueprint, you spend half of next season in A, and then you spend... Uh, third or a little less than half of the season in triple a and then Mm -hmm. you're potentially a september call-up at the end of next season and i'm getting tired of nick ahmed and this is nothing against (laughs) nick ahmed it's just the best ability is availability and he's not available anymore it's just he just hasn't been available it's not his fault it's just that's the way it is you're paying him 10 million i think or 12 million next season something like that Mm -hmm. Um, and then Geraldo Perdomo, who you know I've been a fan of since he was in the minors, he's not the offensive player that Jordan Lawler is. He's a pretty good defender at shortstop, which is a key position, but Jordan Lawler can make up that defensive, uh, the defensive metrics, while also being a top level performer offensively.
1: Yeah, I, I'm looking at Pipeline's rankings right now, and you're right. Alvarez from the Mets, the catcher is number one. Gunnar Henderson is actually two right. shortstop third base for the Orioles. Corbin Carroll's right there at, at three. And if you scroll down just a little bit more at 12 and 13, guess who's 12? Jordan Lawler. No. Oh, Drew Jones. <laughs> oh, the current number one pick. Yes. And then 13 Jordan Lawler. So Jordan Lawler can is, is right. He's right there, man. Um, Right. I mean, just looking at I love looking at the ETAs of these guys. Don't look at the I mean, ETAs. Those aren't looking right. at it. <laughs> they, Pipeline has Jordan Lawler's ETAs 2024. Um, I mean, that's yeah, I think that's fair. That's it could realistic sooner. It could happen sooner than that if they're following Corbin Carroll's timeline with him. And if he stays healthy and continues to produce here, here's what you'll like <laughs> I know you don't like these ETAs, but you're going to like this. Brandon Fott and Blake Walston ETA 2023. Yeah, and they should. Brandon Faut has been phenomenal. I think he
0: just recently got called up to Triple I don't think he's made too many starts there yet, but he's been really, really good. And that's a hitter's league. So yeah. you know that you're... I mean, like most guys, they go to the PCL and they play, you know, like, eh, their ERA is like four and a half. And most teams just have to look at that and go, well, it is the PCL. Let's see what he does <laughs> against major league pitch or major yeah. league hitting. Ah, uh, Brandon Fott has been amazing, and I've really come around on him this season. He's maybe my favorite minor league pitcher that the uh, Diamondbacks have, and that's certainly changed and fluctuated over the last year or so. But I think he's my solid number one, like my
1: favorite minor league pitcher they have. What's funny about Fott, I'm looking at his stats right now, he I mean, it, it, he's he's pitched way more this year in Double A, so there's a, a bigger sample size. He has 19 starts in Double A. For Amarillo, he has a 4.53 ERA there, but he started four games in in, in Reno. He's a 1.73 ERA just in 26 Innings. I mean, he and listen to this: twenty six strikeouts in twenty six innings, only seven walks. Yep. Hundred in Double A this year: hundred and forty four strikeouts in a hundred and five and a third innings pitched, nineteen walks. Yeah, that's crazy. The whip is is very nice. The whip is very nice. Very nice. Um, There's a lot of guys coming. There's a lot of...
0: I know that a lot of Diamondbacks fans are like, okay, yeah, but like prospects, I mean, I don't watch minor league baseball. Uh, I don't (laughs) follow the prospects. I follow the major league team. And even then, I follow them casually. And all I'm trying to say is, this team is not far away This is not uh, we're closer to what Baltimore's got going on right now. We're like right behind that. Like Baltimore's called up a bunch of those dudes in the last two seasons. You know, like Cedric Mullins becomes one of the top center fielders in the game. He just signed on to play for Team USA. Nobody knew who he was a year and a half ago. Right. He didn't know who he was. He was hitting. uh, He was a switch hitter. And then he was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just hit left handed. He pulled a Tristan Thompson and was like, yeah, maybe I'll just pick a hand to shoot with. And all of a sudden, (laughs) all of a sudden, he's a center fielder on Team USA, which is a big deal, in my opinion. And so the Diamondbacks are starting to see that, too. You, you call up Varsho. That was kind of the first one in 2020. Then you call up a bunch of other dudes and Corbin Carroll's on his way. Alec Thomas is a huge piece. Uh, to some degree, Josh Rojas fitting into a, into a role is a big part of that. Geraldo Perdomo is a part of it. You're going to start seeing pitchers like Tommy Henry who are a part of it. So I think the Lawler news that he's in double A right now, I think that's
1: really good news for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, hopefully he's he's able to stay there because if he has to go back down to single A for whatever reason, I that would probably, you know, d- uh deter what we want as our timeline, the Corbin Carroll timeline. I don't think he's going to go back down. No. Um I think he's going to be fine. Um but yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. Um I honestly when these guys come up and if they play well in the major leagues, I mean your lineup's almost set there. The only thing that is kind of having question marks right now is the pitching staff, especially the bullpen. If this team's going to spend any money next year, I think it needs to be on pitching. It needs to be another starting pitcher. Maybe that you can slide mad bum down to that fourth spot and have gallon and Kelly in your top three, maybe with another guy in your top three. And then they need bullpen help, man, because I mean, shockingly, the 240 year old additions to the bullpen has not worked out very well um <laughs> yeah. and and it's not all their fault the other guys uh, outside of mantiply have not been great either i mean mantiply last night gave up the game so what do i know but i mean mantiply has been good he's your all star this year i mean but no i'm not really enamored with Noe ramirez or you know uh I'll, i can't even name hardly any people in there. they they move people around so much edwin Uceta. Luis Frias, certainly not enamored with Caleb Smith when he's there. Kevin Ginkle. Kevin Ginkle. I mean, Ginkle throws hard, but I mean, sometimes it just, he gets hit. You know, he gets hit hard. Throw hard, hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. So they need to spend some money on pitching next year, I think.
0: I'm hoping that when we next do a podcast, let's say a week from now or in the next couple of weeks, I hope that we're talking about a Corbin Carroll call up. That would be nice. I think that That'd that
1: would be so nice. I think that Please. would be a nice little cherry on top for this season. I mean, next, next. Hey, a week from today is September 1st. Just saying. Just saying. Here we go. Throwing around the conspiracy theories. No, it's been reported. Come he's on. He,
0: He's coming. We, we just got to wait for it. Uh, but thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. We've got Madison Bumgarner. we got to figure out what's going on there. And some good names coming from the minor leagues in the very near future. Keep your eye on that as well. Well, for Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.